Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for tuning in here with me today. It is Thursday, June the 11th. On today's show, there was a finance committee meeting in Kamloops yesterday where the city's finance director provided a bit of an update on what the city's situation is looking like as we move through this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Kathy Humphrey is going to be joining me here in just a little bit to uh, give us a bit of an update on how things are looking when it comes to the city's finances. And while we here at Radio NL have spoken to a, a few people within the accommodation sector in Kamloops here in recent days, and how have hotels fared through the pandemic so far, and what are their plans as we move forward and slowly move into phase two and phase three and well i'm not going to be at phase four of the bc restart plan for a while but we can still look towards it and have some uh, positivity some optimism here as we look towards that so i'm going to be revisiting some of these chats we've had with local hoteliers to break down exactly what is going on with hotels here in kamloops but to begin today's show well i caught up earlier today with counselor dennis walsh he is also the owner of the vic a coffee shop on victoria street council voted on may 26 to let businesses set up on sidewalks and in some parking lots but only one business has applied to do so and the vic is set to open its patio here soon i caught up with dennis earlier today to discuss how it is working and why other businesses maybe haven't taken up the call just wanted to start by asking a little bit here about these uh, patio, these pop-up patios or whatever you wish to call them, these extensions onto the sidewalk. Obviously something that City Council approved uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I know there has been some interest, at least from the uh, business community downtown, to start having some of these. But the Vic, uh, you know, the place that you're associated with, of course, is the only one that I've heard of so far that has really taken up uh, an actual application to have a pop-up patio, and, and you're almost ready to open. So I'll, I'll just start by asking, you know, why was this something that your business wanted to, to take part in? Um, well, I, I think it's a really good initiative by the city and KCBIA because, um, you know, with, with obviously the COVID thing, right, and Bonnie Henry suggesting, you know, tell, basically telling people in the reports that, you know, it's, it's safer to be outside, that um, we've had lots of talk with people, our former customers, about, you know, when we're going to open and is the patio going to be open. So it's just, it's, I think it's a, you know, fresh air is obviously a safer environment if people are concerned about it, uh, the virus and everything. So it, that we, the opportunity to expand the patio, I think, will help, um, you know, obviously give the business some foundation that hopefully and customers some faith in coming into the business. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I myself am a big fan of patios. When the weather is nice, there's nothing better than sitting outside. So, uh, you know, why or, or how has this process been to get this open for you? Has it been a pretty easy process to get through? Yeah, it, it's been surprisingly really easy and the uh, city's been really cooperative. We, we had actually three or four meetings um, uh, with, with um, Dave Jones, who's the um, chief in, um, inspector of buildings, commercial. And um, yeah, and we, we ended up settling on the idea that there's a platform. We only have to take up a half a parking spot. We didn't think we'd take up anything, but they thought it would be a lot more efficient to just put, put a half platform on a parking spot and the rest will be used for motorcycles. Okay. And so, so we're not really taking over too much of um, parking in the sense one spot. Uh, and we're going out because we're on a corner, so we're on a ball boat, and we, we have constrictions with fire hydrants. So you have to stay away at least a meter away from a fire hydrant. So, so our our patio railing is going to go kind of a little bit of a maze in and out, right, to, to avoid these certain issues. 
Um, but it's, it's going to be really good because we, we could only, the, the most we could have put three if we really pushed it, two or three tables, and now we, we, we think we'll be able to get about up to six or seven tables. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, what, it's, it's excellent. When are you planning to open? We're planning to open tomorrow at 8 o'clock. So if all goes well, that's where that's our schedule right now is to, to open tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. So there you go. Yes. If you're looking for a coffee and you want to have it outside, hopefully the weather is nice because the weather's been kind of crummy here this last yeah, little while. Yeah, it's been off and on, but it, yeah, but I think I mean, Calus is ideal for patio, so it'll be uh, it'll be wonderful. You know, even if we have to go through the odd rain, we'll we'll have a couple umbrellas. So if it does rain, it'll hope <laughs> you know it'll protect somebody. Yeah, and we sure. have an awning too, so you could get underneath the awning. Awesome. Um, our, now, like I had said earlier, I think you're the only business that I've personally heard of that has really taken up this. I know a lot of, uh, you know, I talked to Carl DeSantis with the KCBIA about this, and he said, you know, the, the people were excited that this was a possibility and something that was at least an option for businesses. But yet the Vic was the, the first one to really jump on it. And is that maybe a result of there being a lot of patios already downtown? Like, what are your thoughts as being a part of the downtown community as to why more well, are not taking yeah. this up? Well, the people that I talk to, they're, they're encouraged by the, this new new opportunity. So it's just it's it's a costly thing, and everybody's kind of suffering from being closed for so long. So because if you don't have, well, like we were fortunate, we we had a a lot of railing, right? We had 42 feet, I think it is, of railing, where you know because you have to extend your patio railing because you can't just use ropes or anything, mm-hmm. you know, that's cheaper or economical. So you, you have to have a really secure railing, and that there's a huge cost to that. Um, you know, it could be up to a thousand dollars to more, depending on what type of railing you go. So, so there's those aspects, and then you also have to buy furniture. You know, so that could be, you know, at one table and chairs is could be up to four hundred dollars a piece, right? So, so I, I think it's more a financial effort uh, or concerns, I should say. And um, but it, but people are enthusiastic, and I've seen people. You know, they're, they're, I know, I, I believe, I think the Plaza will probably be the next one. I don't know if they've actually applied, but you know, they, they've been looking at at the idea of it. And um, there's a few other businesses. I've talked to that are, are considering going going on to expand their patios it, it's just they're looking at the financial implications mm-hmm. of it and, and then working through it with the city whether it'll be a up down or off the curb or a platform right so um so but the city's been really cooperative on the patio business for sure like it's really been good to yeah well i know it's an initiative like i said I, I love sitting out on a patio and i was just really excited when i saw that this could be happening because um you know more businesses that have patios the more likely i think i am personally as a customer to probably go and visit them especially during COVID 19 right people don't want to go inside and and you mentioned that earlier that this is just a nice option for people who maybe are a bit hesitant to walk into your storefront and, and now they have that option to sit outside yeah it's yeah it's good to have that option and um yeah so it, it, i just think it'll be really make the town downtown vibrant and it's a good compromise in a sense because there's a lot of people that were calling for you know to close the streets you know whether it's one or two blocks uh, but that would eliminate all the parking so at least even if we just take out you know like say two or three parking spots one block it's not as extreme as closing down the entire block so there still will be access with traffic uh, so i think it's a, it's a good first step in, a, in at least a compromise to making things a little bit more uh, pedestrian friendly and patio friendly downtown Awesome stuff. Well, I appreciate your time and talking about this, Dennis. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, checking out uh, the Vic and having a coffee outside here in the near future. Um, I did want to ask you, too, while I have you, and, and you, you know, if you're not comfortable, that's totally fine, but I was just talking with uh, the city's finance director here, Kathy Humphrey, not too long ago. We were just talking a little bit about the city's uh, books and how things are looking, and she said 
you know, they're looking pretty good right now. And despite the fact that we're going through a pandemic and going through COVID-19, we're not going to have to draw from reserves and the cash flow is looking pretty positive. Um, I was really surprised to hear that when I was talking with her. I was just wondering if you had maybe what your expectations would have been when COVID-19 started and, and if you have any thoughts about the fact that the city is maybe looking a little better than anticipated. Yeah, no, I was quite surprised. We, we had a finance committee meeting yesterday about it, and um, they did a report, and um, it's really encouraging. Like The finance department has done a really great job of managing through this pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, at to this point. And, um, yeah, and so we, we've actually, they've been able to find areas where they can save money, and so we're, we're not in a, in a, we're in a very good position, really. And, and that, you know, again, they even, I think, you know, it took me by surprise because I thought we might be paying some prices here for having all, everything shut down and um, pretty well going with mostly full staff, but at home and stuff like that. So we're able to protect people's jobs. So it, it's been a really good um, exercise in the sense of what, where they can save money. Um, I know we, you know, we didn't open up a lot of recreation facilities. So, you know, there was obviously some services that were, um, I guess you could call it cut, mm-hmm. and then usually due to the actually exposure, you know, like physical distancing and everything. So, so we're starting to reopen up stuff now, and uh, I think it's going to be good. Like, it's, we're in really good financial shape. Awesome stuff. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, Dennis. Really appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. That was Cam counselor and owner of the Vic there, Dennis Walsh. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for those pop-up patios to start. Well, popping up, if you will. I guess that's not the right term. That's just a term that I've decided to coin here. So uh, <laughs> patios, downtown, I'm excited to check them out, and I hope other people are as well. But again, uh, looking at the weather... Hopefully it's going to cooperate because it's not very nice to sit out on a patio when it's raining outside. But looking ahead here into the future, Sunday, mix of sun and cloud, high of 24. Monday, mix of sun and cloud, high of 20. That seems to be a bit of a theme for the next few days there. So starting uh, on Sunday and then through the early part of next week, things look good. But of course, the forecast can change in a pretty quick uh, hurry. So... Hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully we get a chance to spend some time outdoors here uh, this weekend. That would be fantastic. Now, as mentioned there at the end of my chat with Dennis, of course, there was a finance committee meeting yesterday, and the finance director, Kathy Humphrey, gave a presentation on what's going on with the books here in the city. So we're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to visit my chat that I had earlier today with Kathy Humphrey. So stick around, and the Jeff Andrea Show will be right back. The voice of your community, Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Here's Jeff Andreas. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for being here with me on Thursday, June 11th. Kamloops City Council held a finance committee meeting yesterday where the finance director presented an update on cash flow and investments. And to briefly fill us in on that, I'm joined now by the city's finance director, Kathy Comfrey. Kathy, how are you doing here today? I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. So you told me that you mostly talked about what is going to be presented in July. That was kind of the intent of of yesterday's presentation. I just wondered if you could maybe give me a quick overview of sort of what you were looking at here yesterday. What was sort of the bullet points of of what you were trying to get across to council yesterday? Yeah, so um, there 
there was a couple things that we talked to the finance committee about. Um, the first one was uh, part of our strategy moving forward um, in this sort of new COVID environment was, uh, you know, concern about cash flow. And so we wanted to present to the committee um, what that we've done over the last few years to support our cash flow. So, um, you know, my, um, my team's done a lot of work working with our investment um, people to sort of ladder our investment so that we aren't sort of tied to having money only coming in in July when the property taxes come, but we've done a lot of work to sort of um, mitigate uh, cash flow concerns. And so we wanted to reassure council that, you know, cash flow actually wasn't a concern for the city right now in 2020. We've got cash coming in, we can pay the bills, we can do all that sort of stuff. And um, we've seen uh, the community really um, heeding our ask of if you can afford to pay your taxes, pay them. And we've had a lot of people coming to city hall and paying online. So that uh, is really good news for us and wanted to pass that along to council. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. Were you surprised at all when you kind of crunched the numbers a little bit and saw that there wasn't maybe a a cash flow problem? Because, you know, when you started looking at what the potential, like when COVID-19 hit, right, in in mid-March, and then you and, and your team started reworking the budget as a result, you know, it wasn't, you know, very optimistic, I guess, but, you know, you were able to come out here and and say that it's not going to be a a huge, huge issue here moving forward. Were you just surprised that, you know, it wasn't a bigger problem than maybe some might have expected here when things first got underway in terms of this pandemic? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously when the pandemic hit Kamloops in, in March, we really didn't know what that was going to look like. And, you know, like everybody else, we were guessing and how many things would shut down and how long would things be shut down for and, you know, how many people in the community would be working or not working and stuff. And so, um, you know, there was a lot of guesswork and we tried to be, you know, semi-optimistic, but also realistic and, and pre- present council with, you know, potentially some of the worst case scenario um, options. And so, you know, thankfully, I think there is... Um, um, there has been a shortened duration of complete shutdown of a lot of facilities and, and buildings for the city as well as for the businesses, which um, I think has helped uh, the community weather this first uh, this first phase of this this long storm. I think we're going to be in for a while. So that you know, it was it was uh, optimistic and um, yeah, a bit surprising for us, but in a, in a good way. Yeah, and part of that too that looked like really good news as well was that you're not projecting that you're going to need to use any reserve funds as a result of, of any potential shortfalls. I mean, obviously you're talking about how things are looking better than expected, but was there always a belief that you would probably have to dip into reserves at least at least a little bit? Um, actually, you know, for 2020, um, knowing that we still had um, a lot of our revenue sources, the city of Kamloops gets a lot of its revenue from property taxes and from utilities. So some of the communities that you hear in the media and, you know, every community is different. And so depending on how much you rely on um, the revenues for a lot of the things that were closed, whether it was, you know, free parking and uh, transit and um, the recreation facility revenues and all of those sorts of things, you know, it sort of had the impact on the community. So for us, the timing of it being March where we knew we were going to get a substantial amount of our property taxes in um, led us to think that for 2020 we weren't going to have to do reserves and you know the other part of the message I was trying to get to council and sort of to start the community and council and even the staff all thinking about is that I think this is a long-term challenge for the community because while people have weathered sort of the first three months and things are starting to open up, uh, we don't know what the next year is going to look like. And so we don't know whether or not things are going to have to close again. We don't know whether or not, um, you know, businesses in our community are going to be able to survive in this new normal. And so the challenge financially for the city is likely looking out into our 2021 and possibly even 2022 budgets.
Okay, so this is uh, just the start here, and obviously the impacts of COVID-19 are going to be felt for a number of years as a result then. And that, that's what we think, right? I mean, I don't think everything's going to return to exactly how it was, you know, financially or operationally, um, you know, come July or anything like that. So, you know, we're just trying to sort of get people to think about what are the priorities for the city? What are things that people really are prepared to pay for um, in the community? And maybe what are some of the nice-to-haves that we could put on hold for a year or two years or, or look at reinvesting the money into doing different things? And I, I don't know what that looks like, but I think it's a good conversation to start in the community. And and since you brought up the in investments here, you also, um, from what I can tell, provided a, at least a small update on what's going on with the city's investment portfolio. Um, you know, when when I'm looking at investments, you're looking at you know things like the markets, uh, you know, big hits that have been taken as a result of COVID-19. They seem to have rebounded a little bit, but from what I'm seeing here, from what the, the city's investments, it looks like things are going pretty pretty well, pretty positive direction, at least at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, the city, um, because we're a municipality, what types of things we can invest in are really limited. Um, we're not allowed to invest in stocks mm-hmm. in the in the stock market or anything like that um, because of the volatility. So our investments are really tied to interest rates. And so for 2019 and the beginning part of 2020, uh, our investments are doing really well. Uh, we have seen about a 50% hit in the interest rates that we're getting in our bank accounts and in our um, short-term investments. And so that's sort of another area where, um, come 2021 or even the end of 2020, we expect that our interest revenue is probably going to be about 50% of what it was last year. All right. That sounds like all good news, though, for the most part, just considering uh, the, the the global landscape that we're in right now. It sounds like Kamloops is doing pretty well overall. Um, one thing I did want to ask, too, because you mentioned that uh, people are paying their property taxes for the most part, right? If you asked uh, if you can pay your property taxes, please do so. Uh, and one of the things that I know, I believe it was a change, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the ability or the option, if you will, to pay by credit card for taxes and utilities, is that... Uh, something that was kind of new, newly added here as a result of the pandemic, and has that had an impact? Um, we actually didn't add credit card um, payments to taxes this year. Um, you can pay lots of other things by okay. credit card, but uh, we were talking about it um, before um, COVID hit. The, the challenge with credit cards is that there's actually quite a large fee um, that the retailers pay for using your credit card. Mm-hmm. So the city in this case would be deemed a retailer and some credit cards, depending on the, the sort of the rewards and the, the type of credit card can charge the city, uh, you know, between yeah. two and 3% on um, those credit cards and so we aren't in a position for the city where we felt that taxpayers as a whole should have to bear that cost Um, and so we would have to put it back to the the person using the credit card and so we felt in a COVID environment where people were maybe struggling to pay adding an extra two or three percent fee on your credit card probably wasn't the best choice for the city so yeah no you can pay at your bank or um, you can pay online um, through your bank through online banking you can drop off checks at city hall you don't have to actually come in physically but no credit cards for taxes okay perfect Um, and uh, just a couple of questions left here for you Kathy but you are planning to present a more detailed analysis here of uh, the city's budget and the city's cash flow here uh, in about a month's time. I believe it's July 14th is when we can expect the next update. You know, uh, just what, what are you anticipating? How are things going to be like, can you just give me a rundown of sort of how that's going to be more detailed than what you presented last night? 
Yeah, sure. Um, just ahead of that, even, we are presenting to Council um, a capital project budget update on Tuesday this week coming up um, with the announcement from the federal government that we will receive our Community Works funding. Uh, we had sort of um, put a bunch of that on hold because we weren't sure if that funding was going to come through. So this week coming up at Council, we will be presenting to them an option to add some of the capital projects back that had been um, deferred or put on hold with COVID. So that's sort of the first part of the um, budget discussion. Uh, then and in July on the 14th, like you said, um, we will be finished our first quarter. We'll also sort of have our three-month um, impact from COVID complete at the end of June. So we will be presenting to council what what we guessed would happen and what has actually happened and um, then trying to forecast out knowing that we're sort of half open half closed um, in this new normal what does that look like for the city so we had originally projected no revenues um, and complete savings on expenditures for the whole six month period but obviously as we start to open up buildings like the tcc and um, other recreation facilities we will have added costs but in theory we'll have a little bit of revenues coming in for those as well so we're going to try to adjust all that and present with um, what the new normal looks like and in some areas we have some savings but in lots of areas we actually have the cost of operating has gone up um, due to either more people or more supplies required okay well that sounds like it should be a pretty interesting little update as well um, and I just have one question that uh, a colleague of mine wanted me to ask so I figured I'll, I'll get you out of here on this um, I guess when it comes to gas tax money I understand um, it's been hasn't been very long I guess since we last asked you about this but just have you had any correspondence from the federal government when it comes to the gas tax money and and what the city might be getting at this time oh yeah that actually is um gas tax and community works are the same thing so okay. that's what the report on tuesday is coming with that we've heard from the federal government they are actually paying um ga gas tax or community works funding to all the municipalities and they're actually going to pay it in one uh, payment uh, sometime in June they said normally we get half of it in June and half of it in the fall but it's all coming in June so that's adding about uh, we had budgeted to only get about half of it so just around two million dollars back into our city budget which is what we're taking to council on Tuesday to see if they want to add back any projects perfect well thank yeah. you so much for doing this Kathy really appreciate your time yeah, no problem. Thanks, Jeff. That was Finance Director for the City of Kamloops, Kathy Humphrey. Oh, it sounds like Tuesday's uh, council meeting here should be a pretty interesting one. You know, a chance to get some of the projects that were deferred here to later years as a result of COVID-19 and some of the projected budget shortfalls. You know, a chance to put some of those projects back into the books here for 2020 with a couple of million dollars from that gas tax funding. So I think that's going to be an interesting meeting. Going to be interesting to see which projects they do choose. Um, you know, Kathy was saying that uh, there there is typically, or there were a couple of projects specifically earmarked for that funding, right? For that specific gas tax dollars, a couple of projects were directly going to be funded through that. And, you know, oftentimes you would see when a fund, uh, a fund like that gets removed, those are the projects that would be removed as a result, right? Whatever those projects were that were supposed to be funded directly through that money, those are the ones that got removed. So those are would typically be the ones that would automatically get reinstated once the city finds out it is getting that money back. But they're going to give some options here to council and not just go with that sort of uh, one for one, tit for tat kind of a, a, a rebound when it comes to that money. So it's going to be interesting to see which projects they do choose to move forward with here. The ones that were deferred here from 2020 to 2021. Well, now a couple of those at least are going to get to move ahead this year. So it's going to be good news here for the city and good news overall in terms of what our pocketbooks are looking like for the city right now. Um, so. All good news at this point. We'll look forward to that July 14th meeting, too, to get a little bit more a detailed analysis on the city's finances. All right, well, let's take one last break here. I want to come back. Well, 
We have recently spoken to a number of local hoteliers in recent days. COVID-19 has proved to be a struggle for the industry. One of the hardest hit sectors by COVID-19. I'm going to break down some of the comments by our local accommodation sector after this, so please stick around. Your opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks for being with me here on June the 11th. I can talk again. Holy smokes, I don't know what happened to me to close out that last segment, but... Something got a hold of me. All right, but I'm back. So now the hotel industry has been hit hard by COVID-19. One of the sectors that is probably being hit the hardest throughout this pandemic. Well, we here at Radio NL have recently spoken to a number of different individuals within the industry on how their business has been impacted. Tyson Andrew he's with the Kamloops Accommodation Association and also a manager at the Signature Sandman Hotel here in the city. He says when COVID-19 first hit, the province, you know, it really resulted in, in massive losses, and of course, that is not a surprise. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for most hotels in the city, um, April and the end of March was, was a, a sudden drop-off. You know, uh, we saw declines kind of across our whole industry of further 90% or so when compared to last year's numbers. Um, so pretty, pretty steep and pretty severe, uh, and that was pretty well throughout all of April. Um, as we've moved into May, uh, May was, was a little bit better, We're, but still down, I would say, over about 80% across uh, most of the hotels in the city. Um, so, so pretty severe, but we're, we're hopefully um, out of the worst of it and can now start seeing improvements as, uh, as we go into the next phases of the reopening plan. So, obviously, massive shutdowns there in March, or a massive loss of business at the very least. Things did start to pick up again, as you mentioned, towards the end of May there. 80 to 90% of uh, business still being lost, though, really, throughout, across the board here in Kamloops. Andrew Q did fill me in on the fact that hotels were actually never ordered to close throughout this whole thing. And the Sandman did remain open throughout the pandemic, and it is continuing to adapt as we move through Phase 2 of this restart plan, with an eye, of course, on Phase 3. Across most of the industry, were, and many, many other industries, We've all had to adapt to uh, adapt to uh, to you know new public health guidelines and WorkSafe BC guidelines. Um, so there's there has been a mountain of policies that have come out um, uh, that you know staff are signing off on and get receiving training on and um, receiving you know proper um, PPE and, and things of that nature. Um, so so yeah, it is it is clear across the. Uh, clear across our chain and across uh, our industry that, that we're having to adapt and, and make sure that people feel safe, uh, both while they're working uh, here and, and obviously while uh, while they're visiting and staying with us. Now, shifting to uh, another operator here, Monday Hotels. They will operate a number of hotels across the province, including the Doubletree here in downtown Kamloops, the Four Point Sheridan, and the Coast Kamloops Hotel. Regional Director Angela Tasker spoke with NL Newsday's Brett Minier, and she says, well, they kept their properties open as well, but business, again, extremely minimal. Across most of the industry were well um i hesitate to say it because i don't want to jinx anything but <laughs> right, I, I yeah i think i think a little bit yeah there's definitely um a little bit more travel happening uh april was the bottom of the barrel and may just mm. tiny tiny bit of creeping up and, and june now i think um some companies are, are freeing employees up to travel again which is great is that where you're seeing a, a, a lot of your bookings thus far 
Yeah, I mean, when you say a lot, it, it's yeah. not what it used to be for sure. But, <laughs> but absolutely, uh, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing some corporate travel um, start to pick up a little bit. Um, I think a lot of that is mostly project based, like companies that have to come out and do things. You know, mm. like your Telus or Fortis or those type of people. Right. Um, but there, there's definitely a little bit of life out there now. So Tasker is clearly optimistic now that we are into phase two and soon moving on to phase three that things are starting to pick up and hopefully that picks up for good. So that sounds like there is some optimism there and some positivity around what's going to be happening here as we move through the summer. So the Sandman never closed, the Monday Group never shuttered its locations, but that wasn't the case for all of the local accommodation providers. The Delta in downtown Kamloops decided it wasn't worth it to stay open once the pandemic hit. It laid off the vast majority of its staff and its General Manager Brian Pilby says he is excited to start bringing staff back as the hotel did reopen for business at the beginning of this week. You know, on March um, 18th when we closed, we laid off 103 of 108 employees. It was a devastatingly sad day um, for all of us with hard time. But, uh, you know, we've, we've reached out to our employees now. Um, amazing how many different levels of um, comfort there are in returning to the workplace. So some have a lot of apprehension. Uh, some uh, have a lot of anxiety about it. You are reassuring them we're going to the training process. But large in part, uh, you know, things have changed a little bit for some people. Um, but generally, most of looking forward to coming back. You know, they've taken the best that they could of the time off, and uh, we've got about a third of them uh, going to be back now for the opening. And then their business levels um, increase through the summer, hopefully in the next year. Um, you know, more and more will come back and return to work. Um, so we're very excited for that. We've got a tremendous team and looking forward to being able to employ uh, as many of them again as we can. Um, we know that business levels won't be what they were for quite some time. The hotel industry is one that's going to be one of the slowest to return. Um, so, you know, we're hopeful that it could be, uh, you know, 40 or 50 percent what, what a typical summer would be uh, and slowly build back over the next 18 to 24 months. Yeah, so I uh, had to lay off, like I said, the vast majority of its staff. Pilbium told me they did bring back about a third of their employees now to start off uh, as they reopen here starting this past Monday. So now four days in, don't know how things are going necessarily to this point, but it has, uh, you know, very positive start. The fact that they were allowed to start welcoming guests once again, now that we are kind of moving towards phase three of this restart plan. Now Pilbium says the Delta has eight pages of protocols that it is following to keep staff and guests safe. Now, we heard from Andrew Q here earlier in this segment where he talked about how there is a mountain of new changes that are being made in order to keep people safe. Well, Pillbeam, of course, reiterated that point. So there's going to be a minimum of four hours between when people check in to check out after the cleaning's completed. Um, ideally for us, we're going to leave the room you know, for at least a full day in between. But we've reduced the number of, of rooms that our guests um, uh, or sorry, rather our, our housekeeping room attendants do clean. So they're spending more times in the room. The products that they have uh, are, are of a compliancy basis. Marriott's done an extensive program. We're following those protocols, following the protocols created by BC Hotel Association. So the process of cleaning uh, will be intensified. Um, we've also got things like wipes that we're leaving in the rooms for our guests to use while they're in there as well. Yeah, so there's just a brief snapshot of some of the precautions that they are taking, but that laundry list is, is much longer than just those couple of things that he mentioned there. So I don't know how quickly business is going to pick up for these hoteliers. Uh, they're not going to be making up the loss of revenue. You heard from uh, some individuals saying, you know, maybe 40 to 50% of their regular business can be expected this summer. But hey, at least it's a start. And hopefully, I mean, we're the tournament capital. We need people staying 
in our hotels. So hopefully we get some business booming here and we can get some tourism dollars back in our community. All right, well, it's time for me to wrap things up here. So thank you to everyone for joining me and a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me for a short while or a long while, just know I enjoyed our time while it lasted. I'll be back here on Friday at noon.